This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 8, Episode 11. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. Today is Wednesday, April 26th, 2023, as of the recording of this episode, and I am thrilled to be with you here today. I'm your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by co-host and producer, Matthew Marister. And I'm thrilled to be here too, man. Oh, we're just thrilled all around, aren't we? <laughs> well, you know, we missed an episode last week uh, due to some uh, technical issues that uh, we just could not get resolved before, um, well, we ran out of time and had other places and things we needed to be to and doing. So uh, glad to be with you uh, a week later with this episode. Uh, this is going to be a Justified Saves episode, which is what we refer to on this podcast that uh, maybe is more commonly known as defensive gun uses, DGUs. So we've got a bunch of great DGU stories to share with you all today. Uh, Justified saves are defined as uh, instances of use of justified deadly force in defense of people primarily. Uh, And in that context, the civilian context is, is the one that we're particularly interested in on this podcast. So we're glad to be with you. We were going to do this episode a week ago, but like I said, due to some technical issues, uh, could not get it to work. Uh, But here we are today, and uh, we are indeed thrilled. Today's episode is sponsored and brought to you by CCW Safe, as well as Guardian Nation, uh, which uh, we'll talk some more about that here in a little bit. But first things first, let's jump into... Our very first story here, retired Baytown officer hospitalized after confronting intruder caught on camera barging into home. I want to throw it your way, Matthew. I know that uh, you're you're familiar with this story. And why don't you tell us, uh, this is kind of an interesting one out of Highlands, Texas, where we have a retired cop that got into uh, a bit of a, a comfort, confrontate, confrontation and a shootout. Um, after her home was burglarized. So that's kind of an interesting context there. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. So like you said, this happened in Highlands, Texas. Uh, the date on this is uh, March 28th. Um, so last month this happened. And basically what happens uh, in, in the morning, uh, this woman's away from her home um, and a, a suspect kicks in the door of her home. She sees it on camera. She's not home. Uh, sees this dude enter her home armed with a firearm. Um, and apparently there's a security system that, you know, emits uh, some so- sort of loud siren or uh, beeping noise. So they think that he might have left because of that. Doesn't go, you know, through the house, um, but leaves. And as he leaves, uh, he's walking through the neighborhood and this 64 year old retired. Um, police officers, you know, they, the, the neighborhood guys say like the dude normally is just chilling outside on his porch, just enjoying life, you know, being it's retired actually a she. and everything. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. She, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, sitting outside and, uh, and sees, um, this, this dude walking down the street and, uh, just things, you know, <laughs> notices that this person uh, is up to no good and kind of g- gets in the vehicle, starts following him. Um, and 
as the, the dude eventually finally figures out that this person's following him, uh, and a confrontation ensues. They get into a physical fight, which turns into um, a gun battle. And this is witnessed by a, a guy who's just in the neighborhood driving by. He sees this this fight going on before the shots are exchanged, sees a fight, knows this isn't just a normal, you know, uh, couple kids fighting. This this seems, you know, out of place. Um, and he takes him around, like around through the car, uh, close to where he's sitting, uh, gets out. Apparently the, the suspect in this case um, dropped their firearm. So he goes over this witness. Uh, and grabs the, the firearm away and, um, they're able to, uh, to, um, get this guy into custody. Uh, in the meantime, the, the retired police officer actually, uh, suffers a, a injury to, uh, the ear and is bleeding. And this, uh, in the video, this guy, uh, the, the witness says, you know, he saw him bleeding and, or, uh, and grabbed some paper towels from his car. So, um, we'll, Obviously, some points in there that we can we can hit on, but uh, kind of a weird weird story, and um, shows just how you know how freaked out this woman was just watching um, you know this uh, this video of somebody kicking into the back door, and you know and um, how scary it was just for her to see like if if, if somebody would have been home, and it's clear she didn't really have a. Uh, have a plan like a, a you know a, a home security plan other than the security system um so that's it's another point that you know i'll kind of throw over to you to kind of yeah. flesh out those things but kind of a multifaceted uh lessons learned type thing here yeah yeah no uh you're spot on there you know this is quite a it's a it's a rather unique instant incident you know what where an an individual that is involved later in this confrontation and ultimately shootout um witnesses the crime taking place in their home virtually uh much like you know many of us get i mean i have security cameras at home now you know tied into the the cloud you know and you get a notification you know i get them all the time you know uh, somebody goes out my front door or comes up to my door and, you know, and Hey, you know, somebody's activated the front camera or there's motion detected or whatever, you know? And so, uh, so this, this, uh, retired cop sees, uh, the, the burglary take place while they are away from home while they're, um, and I don't know all the specifics of, you know, did they, did they call 911 right away? Did they rush home to try to, I don't know what was going on, but either way, when they're driving through their neighborhood, they see the same suspect, the same individual. So they saw him on camera and then they see him in the neighborhood and they're like, oh, I know who this is. This is my suspect. This is, this is the person that broke into my home a little bit ago. And so, uh, you know, and I imagine they're on the phone talking with dispatch and trying to feed information and they're following them in their vehicle. Um, and then the, uh, altercation takes place, which presumably leads to the retired cop getting out of the vehicle, uh, cause it says it turns into a uh, confrontation and then it escalates into a shootout. Um, the bystander, there's a photo here in the news story of a bullet that struck, uh, the wheel well of their, of their vehicle, uh, not too far from the driver's side door. Um, you know, they're just a passerby and they just happen to be in the wrong place, wrong time, or maybe the right place, right t- time, depending on how you want to look at it. Cause 
this retired cop was uh, was in a bit of a pickle. Um, both the suspect, the, the the burglar, was shot and wounded, as well as the retired cop was shot and wounded in the course of this of this confrontation. And this bystander, who also almost catches a bullet, uh, bravely exits their vehicle and goes over and helps uh, this retired cop. Uh, to, uh, you know, bring an end to this altercation. This is an interesting one because um, I don't, you know, it's always challenging getting involved in other people's problems. And we've talked about the challenges with that. You know, you're a third party. And how do you know who is the innocent party in a particular situation? How do you read the situation? You go, that clearly is the bad guy here. And this is the good guy. Um now, we don't know what this person saw or, you know, how it uh, was presented to them visually uh, exactly, but uh, clearly they were able to figure it out. Um, and so that's, you know, good on them. It's just something to think about. And it's a, it's a word, it's a word of, you know, wisdom, if you will, to uh, every, to all of us to, to know like, hey, you know, there's a time and place to get involved in things. That's something we all have to decide for ourselves as far as what we're willing to do, how far we're willing to go. But if we're going to get involved in other people's problems, uh, we better have a pretty good idea of what's going on or we might find ourselves on the wrong side of the battle. And we might, and, and that both in terms of that, that literal physical um, battle, as well as a, a potential legal one that follows afterwards. So just some things to think about there. And then it is, it's, it's really great content here where it mentions in the article, it says he was pouring blood. So and it sounds like, um, you know, it's actually, some of this is not super clear how it's written. Uh, but, uh, we know that, again, the suspect was shot. We know that the retired cop was shot. Um, and I thought it was a female cop because it does say that this person lives there and refers to her as a she, so there might be some mix up as far as the pronouns that are being used, um, whether I've misread it or whether the actual journalist is misrepresenting things here. I don't know, but it just says how he is pouring blood. And so I got in my truck. This is the bystander. Uh, what they did, they got into their truck, got paper towels and gave it to him. There was so much blood. Uh, and so we know what, what, what we know here, regardless of, of pronouns uh, or how people identify whether it got correct here in the article or not is that we have a good guy and a bad guy involved in an incident. Both are wounded. Uh, good guys wounded. We know frequently this is, this is not uncommon uh, where uh, good guys doing the right thing uh, are not going to walk away from the incident unscathed. And so this is one of the reasons why we do talk about the importance of having a backup plan in terms of some kind of secondary response. The first response is dealing with the, with the violent threat. The second one is dealing with the aftermath. And that aftermath may often include injuries to yourself, injuries to third parties, injuries to your family, your loved ones, your spouse, your children, uh, maybe a, a beloved pet in your household. It could be injuries to the bad guy that for whatever reason, you know, you feel in your, your heart of hearts uh, that you've, you've dealt with the threat and now you're going to try to save their life. I know some people don't want to get involved in that and that is also okay. But uh, point is the secondary response here meaning the medical or trauma response side of it as well. You might not have time before ambulances can roll and can get there and, you know, 
and, and medical professionals can get you the help that you need or a loved one needs. And so having some good uh, training and education and also the proper gear, not just the gun, but also the, the, the trauma gear um, that uh, might be necessary in an inc- incident like this. So uh, with that in mind, you know, we thought we would point you to uh, the fact that uh, two, two great uh, video courses we have on our website, Complete Home Defense. Uh, since this was a burglary, although it was a burglary that took place in a vacant home at the time, this is something, and even the the retired cop mentioned how uh, they could have been, you know, what would have happened, how would this have gone down? Because obviously the burglar was armed. How might this have gone down had they been home? Um, now, it may have actually been more advantageous to the homeowner, I don't know, um, because they would have been in their, their element and not just out on the street somewhere like this one ended up taking place. But um, they, you know, Hey, complete home defense. Uh, that's the name of our course. We spent a couple of days filming that, uh, a couple years ago. Now it was a great time. Lots of great content about ways to put together. Like you were just mentioning a minute ago, Matthew, about having a home defense plan and knowing how and, and, the how you're going to go about actually defending your home, defending your family within that home. Uh, that's a super important thing. So check out our complete home defense course at concealedcarry.com. I think you can actually go to concealedcarry.com forward slash CHD, I believe works. And if not, I'll make sure it works. Uh, CHD standing for complete home defense. And then since we just got done talking about emergency trauma medicine, uh, check out our, uh, it's actually a, uh, uh, I think a very low cost, uh, I think on concealedcarry.com website, I don't remember the exact price, but you can take the emergency trauma response video training course, which is a great primer, getting your feet wet and knowing how to deal with the aftermath, the secondary response of, of something like this violent altercation that took place. Or... Frankly, you could just join Guardian Nation today, which is our monthly membership program. You could join and get access to not just these two great video courses, but all of our online video training content and a whole bunch of other online content and a whole bunch of discounts and a whole bunch of other great uh, membership benefits as well. So you can learn more at guardiannation.com. Let's get now to our next story here, and this is titled, uh, you actually wrote this article, Matthew, so I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit, but I'll let you uh, ultimately provide us some some of your uh, thoughts since you uh, put this together. But the title is, I'm shooting anyone who trespasses on my property. This is a common thing that I see stated quite often on the social media, and I think a lot of people say things, you know, when they're hiding behind the the you know, the anonymity of their keyboards and computer screens um, that they probably wouldn't see say uh, to people's faces or say certainly say to a police officer. <laughs> but, um, you know, we like I just was on, actually, as this, I'm reminded, Matthew, I just was on uh, Nextdoor, uh, the social media app mm-hmm. last night because I got pinged some kind of notification. Uh, and, uh yeah, it was interesting enough because it was talking about a break-in into a vehicle. Um, it actually wasn't in my neighborhood, but it was a neighboring neighborhood. Um, you know, and it'll notify you on some of those things as well, uh, depending on how you have your notification set up. I like to know about that kind of stuff. I like to know about the stuff that happens in the surrounding neighborhoods because that's a that's a warning call as well of, hey, you know, this happened over, you know, 10 minutes away or eight minutes away or whatever. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good heads up. And so I, I looked at this post and they were talking about how at this one apartment complex, 
in a part of town that has been, they've tried to, you know, revitalize it over the last year. So there's, there's the kind of this mix of, there's still some, some shady parts, you know, of town there, but there's some of the more upscale things that they're trying to bring into that part of town. And a bunch of car break-ins have been happening. And there's a gentleman that commented on there about, uh, well, you know, that, yeah, this is getting out of hand. And uh, next time it happens, well, I've got my firearm. And I'm like, oh, geez. So I commented. I'm like, hey, bro, you know, like, uh, uh, at least this is the state of Colorado. And uh, if you're using that firearm purely for trying to defend your vehicle that's being broken into, that's probably not going to fly very well in a court of law. Just a heads up, you might want to understand the law a little bit better. And uh, he had never responded or anything. But a lot of times I have people come back, you know, like, yeah, but somebody's got to stand up to these, you know, these ruffians that are just running rough, rough shot through our neighborhoods. And we got to stop letting them get away with this crap. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so that's kind of the attitude that sometimes we see and um, kind of what you're touching on in this this article here. But uh, there's a story that's actually talking about this has been hitting the the social media quite a bit. Uh, lately, the the in the mainstream media, this uh, Ralph Yarl uh, incident, where basically what we had happen was um, this uh, this eighteen he was eighteen if I recall eighteen year old a uh, sixteen year old uh, boy uh, Ralph Yarl um, apparently was trying to go to a house to pick up his younger siblings, uh, and, and this I can see how this would totally happen because you know he's supposed to go to an address on Northeast. 115th Terrace Street or whatever. And instead he went to a home at Northeast 115th Street. Um, we have, you know, here in the Denver metropolitan area of, of Colorado, uh, house, you know, houses that are on, uh, you know, Smith Street and Smith Court and Smith Drive, sometimes, you know, back to back to back, you know, street after street after street, basically all the same street name, just that that you know little appendix if you will at the end of street or drive or avenue or whatever and there will be three or four of them in a row and people show have showed up at my house you know hey i'm looking for address such and such and i'm like well that's street and we're over here on court so um ralph yarl goes to the wrong address the wrong home um it's uh i think it was at night from what i recall he's knocking on the door or rings the doorbell um, this 80 something year old, 84 year old man by the name of Andrew Lester goes to the door, uh, sees this, uh, 16 year old kid, uh, at the door, uh, you know, and he, he just, pro- he, he just misreads the situation. He perceives this as being, uh, a, a young man trying to get into his home through his front door. And so he shoots his revolver through the door. Um, and strikes uh, Ralph Yarl um, twice. And uh, um, yeah, you know, so this is a case of mis, you know, misidentified location on the part of this young boy, not his fault. And that's certainly something any, you know, that anybody can do and can make the mistake of. Um, this certainly is a mistake of misreading what's going on and also a mistake tactically of uh, he has not yet made entry into your home. Uh, he has not barged his way in. He has not broken in and you're shooting through the door and, uh, you know, striking him with bullets. So, um, there is, unfortunately, Matthew, and I don't know if you looked into this, but this is in Missouri. Okay. Uh, in the Kansas city area, um, in Missouri, there is a provision in their law and the way it's written, the way it's worded, 
that this may be a justified shoot based on the way their law is written. So I, I, I'm going to be clear because because we have to be realistic about stuff that you know because there are a lot of people upset at this you know at this Andrew Lester fella um, because he shot this young kid mistakenly through the door um, and that you know that wasn't right um, and it is a tragedy for sure um, and in some states this gentleman absolutely would likely be faced with charges um, that may not happen here because of um, the fact that Missouri law is actually somewhat permissive, actually specifies in their law on uh, the statutes that you may use deadly force. It's certainly against like an intruder, a burglar in your home, but also someone that you believe is attempting to break into your home. And so and not all states specify it to that, to that level. So something worthwhile understanding. Um, but the more important part here for us as concealed carriers and as people in, interested in home defense is that we need to understand what tactically is is smart and prudent and ethical. And uh, even if the law says a certain thing, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how you should behave. Uh, I'm not trying to tell people how they should think either, but I am pointing out some things here. And for me personally, uh, I believe it's far better you know, from a tactical standpoint to, uh, to not shoot through, through doors. And we have another story a little bit later too, that kind of does, you know, is something similar, although it happens within the home, but, but tactically that's rarely a very good choice. So yeah, I'll hand it off to you. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you summarize that, that really well. And, and you guys are probably familiar with the story. It's, it's very, uh, it's been very publicized. Um, the, the guy, you know, then this, this article I wrote, Riley, you, you hit it correctly. Like I get frustrated when I, when I hear people say those things, because whether they mean it or not, literally, right. Like whether they literally mean they're going to shoot anybody who trespasses, or that's just something that they're saying out of frustration. I think it's a dangerous thing either way, because on the one hand, you're, you're making statements that, um, truthfully, if you end up getting in a shooting um, that similar to what you're describing in a, in a in a post online, that very well could be used as some sort of um, you know mind frame of mind. Um, we saw that in in the case with uh, the one cop who got uh, who uh, or uh, not the cop uh, the the kid. He's a off duty, I think, reserve. Uh, Army Reserve. He he shot somebody mm-hmm. at a yep. at a uh, Black Lives Matter protest, right? Yep. That came up to his car. Yeah, that's one in Texas. That's uh, the yeah. The name slipping me as well. Anyway, yeah, yeah. No, but, 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 but they pulled up. They pulled up the fact that he made comments about you know disliking the the protests and he and and yeah. comments like I might have to go shoot somebody and kill somebody at this at one of these things so, something similar to that I'm not don't I'm not quoting it verbatim but something along those lines and you know yep. so I'm not saying I don't know the I didn't study that case I don't know but what I'm saying is whether you if you make a statement and you're just kind of shooting off at the hip um, that's not a good thing. That's not what you want to project. Number one. And number two, if you're saying it just cause you're frustrated, I think that this mindset leads us to make poor decisions. And I, and, and I, I reference this case as far as like, I think that, and I don't know this man's, you know, um, frame of mind or anything. I'm not saying that this is what he thought, but, um, very often 
you know, if we think that, well, I have a gun and anybody comes on my property, I'm going to deal with it. We don't put in the proper, you know, fail safes or security that, that kind of prevents it from getting to that point. Like, like I'm going to put in a, a doorbell camera so I don't even have to confront the person. I don't have to open the door and, and armed with a, with a firearm to, to, to get in that predicament, right? Like I, yeah. and, or, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to avoid it. It's almost like, well, bring it on that, that door was for your safety, not for mine, or, you know, these types of mentality. And I, and I just think that if we pause and think of like, like, that's not really where we want to be. I don't want to have to open the door yeah. with the firearm in my hand yep. and have like a, f- a fraction of a second to decide if this person's trying to break in or not. Yep. I want to have a layered security system so I can, I don't have to even make that decision. Yep. And, you know, in, in, and I put in a, another story in that, in that article, um, same, same, just a few days later, uh, the, the, a, a carload of, you know, 20 year old people out in the rural area of New York, uh, turned down this, this driveway yeah. of this rural house, wrong house. There's no, not a lot of cell reception. They get lost. They go to turn around and a dude, they don't even get out of the car. They're just turning around this guy's driveway dude comes out on his dry, on his porch and fires uh several rounds into this car and and kills a kills a 20 year old girl in the in the in the vehicle yep. and it's it's crazy yep. and so like i i just something think similar like, happened in uh southeastern idaho like a year or so ago i think uh we covered that i yep, yep. and i think i You're i very I to, very similar wrong place wrong turn wrong road you know and and yep. dude just starts firing because they're trespassing on his property yep and so you know i even in that article i linked if you guys go go to the show notes and you want to see those two stories and i linked to three others including the one that we covered in in the in the podcast a, a few you know a year ago or so mm-hmm. but like it, it's not unheard of that that people go way above and beyond on, on trespassing and i get it like it's your property you want to be safe and, and, and all these things but you can be much safer if you have a layered security system. And then that gives you time to, to be, you know, uh, to, to have some discernment as to what is this, is this a kid that's coming to the wrong house to pick up his younger brother? Or is this somebody who's trying to break in the door to kill me? And I I just think that that's the wise play, whether or not you're legally justified in, in doing it or not, like the wise play is to not be involved in it. And that's kind of like, you know, the heart behind writing yeah. this article. They the, got banned on Facebook, by the way. Yeah, yeah, the yeah that's right. Your article, yeah. Um, so, you know, smart decisions happen um, more likely when we when we have good plans um, ahead of time in place, when we know how we're going to handle situations like this or that are similar to this before they actually happen. Uh, Chuck, by the way, on Facebook has a great comment. Don't open the door just because someone knocks doesn't mean you have to answer. You don't want to buy it. You don't know where their dog is. You can call 911 for them behind a locked door, et cetera, et cetera. You already have a church. Uh, all of your acquaintances have your number. No need for a surprise knock from a friend, but bad guys like to use the knock at the door to gain unauthorized en- entry. Uh, so, you know, even to that point, like, like if someone knocks, to my door i want to know who's there um you know like i can ignore it right but i want to know who's there uh and so like 
you got a peephole, you got an exterior camera, maybe you have another, another window that you can uh, take a peek out so you can see who's on your front step, et cetera, et cetera. And if you don't have a vantage point where you can see that, then install the, the things that you need to so that you can you know, gather information about who is on your doorstep. That's really, really relevant information. Um, so you know, have a, that's part of having a plan. Like if somebody comes to my house that I don't, I'm not, that I'm not expecting, how do I handle that? It's, you can't handle it if you don't very well, if you don't know who's there to begin with. And so like, we just had a police officer come to our house, uh, last week because, uh, and actually they were just going through the neighborhood and letting people know that they were, cause I lived not too far from, uh, actually live very close to a school and, uh, specifically a high school. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the students are, uh, uh, you know, they're supposed to park in their permitted parking lot. And we sometimes have parking issues with students parking uh, in the neighborhood and things of that nature. And he was going through just trying to figure out whose vehicles are whose and who's authorized to park where kind of thing. And, uh, you know, something as simple as that, like you hear an unauthorized knock during the middle of the day, you're like, who is that? Um, I, you know, I don't want to meet the police officer at my door with my gun in my hand. Because we've read uh, stories like that uh, and kind of how the way they go and they don't sometimes go very well. Uh, and so, you know, hey, what I can do? Hey, front front camera. Oh, okay. I have a cop at my door. Now I know a little bit better how to handle that situation. Or I could peek through the peephole. I got a peephole too. Oh, police officer. Okay. Now maybe, maybe, they're, maybe they're a bad guy that's dressed as a cop. Okay. Well... <laughs> <laughs> have a plan for that too. Okay. So the point is to have a plan ahead of time. By the way, I have an update on this story on the, on the, uh, Yarl case, uh, Matthew, cause I decided I better Google it since it was a week or so ago, since we last, um, mm-hmm. attempted to do this, uh, podcast episode. It turns out six days ago, actually, um, Andrew Lester was charged, uh, in the shooting. Now, some more information has come out, and it sounds like um, so. The first shot that was fired struck the teen, struck Jarl in the head. Uh, and he fell to the ground. It appears that uh, Lester then shot him again on, on the ground. So I don't know if it has to do with that, but that def- that definitely doesn't sound very good. Okay, so even if you were, even if there was a case to be made under Missouri law that he was justified because he had this kid at the front door pulling on his handle of the door. Um, Etc. You know, and he shoots shoots the kid, you know, through the door once, and that's acceptable. Well, certainly the second shot may not have been acceptable, right? Um, but they're also suggesting there was some race, racial um, uh, bias in this case as well. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. In fact, I didn't even mention it because you know we try to leave that kind of stuff out of these types of uh, analyses that we do on these stories. Uh, but it was a black young boy and a white guy and a white old man, uh, and so uh, could there have been something there? I don't know. Uh, but that's not for us to get into. But we're talking about the uh, the legal aspect, the tactical aspect, the you know what's the smart thing to do as homeowners as as concealed carriers. So there you go. But uh, a little update in the case that I thought we better mention since uh, we do have that information available now. Mm-hmm. And we better move on as we've uh, got still a lot to, to talk about. Man disarmed and shot with own handgun in parking lot. This happened in DeKalb County, Georgia, uh, around 9 a.m. A uh, gentleman, uh, you know, just about doing his day-to-day work, um, goes into this Dunkin' Donuts store. The suspect uh, noticed the victim. His, by the way, the victim's name is Brian Dykes. Uh, he noticed the victim, Brian Dykes, carrying a firearm on his waistline. The suspect grabbed the gun from Dykes' pants. The suspect ran out of the store and Dykes chased after him. 
Dykes caught the suspect outside the store in the parking lot, and the two men wrestled over control of the gun. Uh, According to news reports, the suspect then shot Dykes with his own gun and fled to a nearby hotel where he was staying. 17-year-old suspect was uh, was the age of the suspect. Um, yeah, so uh, that's pretty much the facts of the case. Uh, you know, certainly I'd love to hear your analysis too, Matthew. But, you know, we've talked about these kinds of things. We've talked about, we've had some other similar stories that have come up over the years. Uh, we actually have two of them. I actually appended uh, to this one. In fact, I'll just touch on it real quick because it's, it, you know, it's, we don't have to cover them as totally separate stories. Uh, I just added it because it was relevant and somewhat, rela- you know, it was related. Uh, two arrested for murder at Jonesboro store after stealing gun from victim. So this happened in uh, Jonesboro. I think that was Arkansas. Um, I think that's where it is. Anyway, um, actually says here that uh, Shannon Watkins, a 37-year-old male, uh, had entered into a store to purchase a drink. It was just a gas station. He had a holstered weapon on his hip. Now, in the Dykes case, in the Georgia one, it doesn't specify, you know, where he was carrying, how he was carrying. Uh, it says it grabbed him from, grabbed the gun from his pants. But, I mean, that could mean a lot of things. Um, in this case, it seems a little bit more apparent that this uh, person, Shannon Watkins, was carrying on their hip. Um while waiting in line, a male suspect entered the store and stood behind Watkins. The suspect then grabbed the gun from Watkins' hip and ran out of the store. By the way, these two incidents happened like weeks apart, just to you know paint a picture here. Um, so it's not like we've gone through and cherry picked, you know, and found these you know random stories of open carriers or concealed carriers not being careful enough. Uh, this just came up in the newsfeed all within a couple of days or weeks of each other. Uh, so in this case, Watkins chased after them again, after the suspect, just like the Dykes case, a, str- a struggle ensued and multiple shots were fired at Watkins. And in fact, as um, he attempted to flee, so he realizes now, oh crap, I'm in a fight and I'm getting shot. A second su- subject exited a vehicle and also began firing at him. So he ended up in a real bad way. Uh, in both of these instances, uh, both the good guys passed away from their injuries. So pretty sad, pretty tragic. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit it, you hit it. Um, and and, you know, obviously chasing after somebody after they stole your gun is probably not the best idea. Um, and I, and I think sometimes we can get caught up on like, was this, was the guy open? Like if, if he was open carrying, then concealed carry pro concealed carriers like, Oh, see open carry is not good. And then if it was concealed, but not concealed, well, they'll say, well, concealed carry isn't good either because they can, it happens to concealed carriers. The point is, is if you're properly concealing the gun, they're not going to see it. That's the point. Like, so either, so poor concealed carry is no different, essentially, practically, than open carry because the point is is if it's yep. seen it doesn't matter if you intended it to be seen or not it's seen so it's not concealed yep. so well you know sorry i'm going to interrupt you just real quick because I, I this is it's actually the definition of by uh, i believe by case law in colorado how concealed is defined by law is uh, concealed so as not to be readily apparent by ordinary observation that's like the definition of concealment in Colorado. So it's not readily apparent by ordinary observation. I like to mention that because um, it's a good way of thinking of it. Because basically by law in Colorado, if somebody can tell you you have it, even though it's like 
covered by garments, a jacket, a shirt, whatever, if they can still tell that you've got it because it's not concealed well enough, then it becomes by law the exact same as though it was carried openly. And where that becomes relevant is in we have do we do have certain jurisdictions in Colorado where you know concealed carry exists everywhere in the state of Colorado, but there are certain jurisdictions where open carry is not permitted, and that's where the the legal uh, part becomes relevant. Because um, if I'm in, for instance, in the city and county endeavor, open carry is not permissible, and so by the legal definition, even if I am concealed, but somebody can still, by ordinary observation, determine that I have a gun that that, that they can you know, that it's readily apparent, then uh, it is, in fact, by law, open carry, and I'm in violation of Denver's open carry statute. So, um, I like, I, sorry, a little bit of a sidebar there, but it's just yeah. a good way of thinking about it. If somebody can tell you you have the gun, then it's the same thing as if you were actually just carrying it openly on an OWB fully exposed holster because they know you have it, and you're at a disadvantage as far as... Um, that they know you have it and they, they then can take it from you. It's hard for people to take things from you. They don't know you have. Uh, and the gun takeaways we see most commonly, most commonly, uh, it can happen in a variety of ways. But these two instances are both instances where people are patrons at a business and the suspect ends up coming into that same business and is basically in line or in queue behind them and observes, hey, he's got a gun and they are behind you. And while we say, well, situational awareness, this was a situational awareness failure, guess what? You cannot be 360 degrees all the time, 100% of the time. And at some point, you got to approach the counter, give your order, pay your money, be distracted by the keypad as you're trying to enter in a PIN or sign your name or hit little buttons, you know, as you're trying to pay for your meal. Uh, and at some, And it only takes a split second for them to lift a shirt and grab the gun or just grab it off your waist and go. Um, there's a, there's a famous video that comes to mind. I've seen it, you know, I say famous cause I've seen it in a number of places, uh, that it happened in a McDonald's. It was exact same story, exact same setup where the takeaway happens from behind in a moment of distraction and uh, gun is taken and gun is gone. Yeah, it happens quick. And, and so, and, and I would even say if you're concealed carrying, but it's poor concealed carry, you might be at an even more dis- at a bigger disadvantage because you may think that the person doesn't know and therefore you're not, you know, you're not as keen as to, you know, um, somebody eyeballing you. Or if you're purposely open carrying, you may think, okay, well, I'll, I'll have a holster with some sort of retention. But if you're, in, you're, if you're carrying like IWB concealed carry, and it's just poorly concealed. You're carrying small your back or something. You're probably not carrying like a level two duty holster tucked behind your back, right? It's probably just slipped into to a Kydex holster or leather holster. And so there's no retention. So yeah. I, let's be I, real I, though. I, let's be real though. Out of those that I have observed practicing open carry that aren't, that aren't cops, how many of them are actually using a proper uh, retention holster? Probably zero. I mean, th- from the, I won't say zero because I've seen a few, but it is very mm-hmm. common that it is just a basic level exactly. holster. Yeah, that there's there's zero. Uh, there's nothing keeping someone like I I because because I have the same thought every time I see that I go, this person's not being very aware right now, and I have the advantage. And if I wanted to lift that gun out of their holster, it's mine right now, right here. 
they wouldn't, there wouldn't be a thing that they could do. Um, and that, and I, and I, I just, I mentioned that because it's something that I observe, uh, and I fear for people like that because they, I'm not saying that's what happened here with Dykes or what happened with Watkins in these two instances. We just don't know enough about those. I'm not trying to victim blame here or anything like that, but I fear for people that um, do carry openly because I'm, I'm all about supporting the right of that. Okay. It's just not my personal choice from a tactical uh, uh, point of view. Uh, and the, if you do choose to practice your right of open carry, which I, Hey, more power to you, then maybe you should give a little bit of thought about um, how you're going about doing that so that uh, you can prevent from ending up like one of these guys. Now, maybe you, here's the problem with these two stories. People, people will naturally look at them and go, well, these two gentlemen chased after the thieves and that's what got them killed. Okay. Fair. Um, and so you think, Oh, I won't, I just won't chase after them. Like they, they got my gun. Well, guess what? That's still a problem. They stole your gun, bro. Still a problem that they got your gun. Maybe you live to tell the tale, but that gun is going to be out on the street and it will be used in some other crime and somebody else may end up dead because you allowed somebody to take your gun. So anyway, something to think about. Dad shoots at roommate found in daughter's bed. Matthew, why don't you tell us about this one out of Florida? Of course, it's you know, Florida. Florida man. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, this- uh, <laughs> Cape Coral, Florida is where this one took place. What happened? Yeah, this happened last month. This is a from our what not to do. This is this is not advised. Yeah. Um, so this dude, he's he's uh, he was arrested th- for three felony charges. So basically, what happens is this this dude uh, is is renting out a room in his home to uh, a, a man and a woman, I don't know if they're boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. I don't know. They're, they're, re- they're in some sort of relationship. He also has a teenager, teenage daughter who lives in the home with him. So the, the, the father of the, this teenager and his rentees are getting hammered, drinking alcohol, get hammered. And, it specifically the, the says gir- in the article they were drinking alcohol in excess. In excess. Um, so the the teenage daughter is not partaking in this and is in her bed sleeping. Um, apparently, the the roommates uh, are going to call it quits for the night. They go to their room, but the the male roommate uh, goes to the bathroom and then goes uses goes to the restroom then he comes out of the restroom it apparently thinks the girl's bedroom is his gets naked and lays in the bed next to her now there's no um indication that he was doing anything inappropriate but he just passes out next to this woman or next to this teenager uh, she comes out. The, the daughter wakes up and is like, "This is kind of weird." Uh, goes tells her hu- go, goes and tells her dad. While this is happening, uh, the the female roommate um, re- knows realizes what's going on and goes in there and grabs the guy, wakes him up, and hey, get in your your bed. Goes into their room and closes the door. Now the father um, goes goes berserk and and tries to get into the to the room pounding on the door they're not answering so he decides he's going to start shooting through the door at whoever might happen to be on the other side um, nobody's injured um, police are called this dude's arrested and kind of a 
you know, I, and when I wrote this article and posted on Facebook, of course we got some, you know, comments like, oh, I do the same thing and this and that. And it's like, I, I get the idea that you don't want some, you know, drunk, um, dude sleeping. It, it, I'm not condoning that in any way, shape or form. I'm also not condoning getting so hammered, um, that with, with these, these people that, you know, that you subject your, your daughter to that type of thing. And I mean, he's clearly not making great decisions because I mean, there's no threat even if he were to find her, him, you know, in in the act that might be different, but now there is no, you know, immediacy to using deadly force against this, this guy to stop an assault against his daughter. And so appropriately he was charged. Now I don't know what's going to happen. The guy might drop charges or whatever, but um, this is not what you want. This is not the predicament you want to be get yourself into yeah and i and i agree with your assessment you know and and i mean at the very least uh you have a female roommate here that's uh not even party you know she's not a part of um you know any supposed sexual assault against the man's teenage daughter and so just by that alone if the man's firing through the door uh you know that he's threatening the life and using deadly force against uh, a, a complete innocent party to all of this. Um, uh, but yeah, you're, you're spot on with that, that, uh, I mean, this is why we advise, you know, uh, caution. If you're, if you consume alcohol, um, please be smart about how you do that. And this is true. If you drink and also drive, a vehicle like you need to understand um, and have rules in place that prevent you from uh, from breaking the law and you know killing people at the wheel. Um, you need to be smart about what you do with respect to firearms if you are also under the influence. Um, and so uh, here, there were some very bad decisions made, and presumably a bad mistake on the part of one gentleman that was too inebriated to know where he was and that's that's problematic too um but perhaps a a relatively honest mistake um but uh then the some bad decisions you know were were made by this this teenage girl's uh father um and uh yeah that's unfortunate so yes definitely in the what not to do category in fact i should say that the last couple stories we covered here technically we have in our notes as being labeled as what not to do's and so with that in mind, you know, what's one thing that you should do is make sure you consider uh, making sure you have coverage, legal coverage for the event that you might need to use it. If you are ever involved in some kind of del- deadly force uh, incident, then I strongly recommend that you are covered by CCW Safe. CCWSafe.com is their website. Uh, they've been a sponsor of the podcast now for quite some time. We're thankful for that sponsorship and relationship. Uh, we're also thankful we have a discount code available to podcast listeners only. By the way, we're not publishing this discount code in written form anymore because there's been some abuse of it. If you are a listener of the podcast, and we'd ask that you'd be careful with sharing it too, but if you're a listener of the podcast, you may use the code CC Podcast to save 10% off of CCW Safe membership today. Uh, CCW Safe is also very passionate about making sure their members are well-educated and knowledgeable about the proper use of force from a legal standpoint. They obviously don't want to have to represent you or, or hire attorneys to represent you in the event you're involved in some kind of uh, deadly force use incident. Um, 
So they have a lot of great information and resources available on their website at ccwsafe.com for members and non-members alike. Lots of great information on their blog, pod, a podcast of their own uh, with, with use of force experts and legal experts. Uh, so please consider uh, joining CCW Safe today. Again, ccwsafe.com. You can take a look at their ultimate plan, their defender plan, as well as if you're an LE. LEO or uh, military, I think both active and or retired, they also have a protector plan. Uh, and so you can check those plans out today. Save 10% by using the discount code CC podcast. And by the way, we mentioned earlier in the episode, our other podcast sponsor today is Guardian Nation. And if you are a Guardian Nation member, one of the great discounts you get is not only a 10% discount off CCW Safe membership, but you actually get 20% off. And to my knowledge, there's not anywhere else you can get that big a discount off of CCW Safe except through the Guardian Nation membership. So please consider joining CCW Safe today, ccwsafe.com. And we appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast. Let's get now to our next story here. Yeah, Nathan, I see your comment now. Sorry, I didn't see it earlier on Facebook. Shooting through doors again. Yeah, it was the one I referenced earlier that we would have another story uh, where somebody shot through doors. Uh, out of Philadelphia, man shoots would-be car thief during gun battle, police say. That's the headline. Uh, we have an 18-year-old suspect uh, was shot four times throughout his body, it says, and collapsed to the ground after trying to flee. This according to investigators out of Northeast Philadelphia. This started as a, an, an attempted theft of a vehicle uh, and the 18-year-old and a second suspect. You know, it seems more, more commonly now than not, Matthew, that so many of these types of incidents, there are multiple bad guys, like period. Like that's just the norm now. I, I would say I would, if you find yourself in an incident like this, like assume, assume like it, we've, we've said this for a long time, but it's just not, it seems like it's m- more common that there's two, three, four suspects involved in these kinds of uh, situations. But these two uh, males were trying to steal a Toyota sedan. It was around a three, it's around three thirty PM on a Thursday. It says they went inside the car when the vehicle's owner, a 26 year old man heard the commotion and exited his home. 26-year-old man was armed with a gun. Police said the 18-year-old man, who was also armed, exited the vehicle, and the two men then got into a shootout. Police haven't determined who shot first. But that's actually not entirely... I mean, like that's relevant information, but it actually doesn't necessarily mean that the good guy here using you know firing first is a bad thing or not. Uh, if you know he witnessed the uh, uh, the the you know the teen here exiting the vehicle with gun in hand that's probably justification enough right so anyway says at least 13 shots fired between the two men and the 18 year old was shot four times he tried to flee on foot and collapsed to the ground about a block away the 26 year old man was not injured good on him he got the the job done and did not um, get injured he's very fortunate sounds like by the fact that 13 shots were fired says a stray bullet went also into the kitchen of a nearby home but no one inside was injured. That's very fortunate. They have not determined who fired that shot. Um, the second suspect who was still inside the Toyota that they were trying to steal did manage to drive off during the shootout, but crashed into a wall. So 
here's what's unfortunate about this kind of thing. Oh, it, by the way, it does mention that the 26-year-old man does have a valid permit to carry. Not that that would have been relevant either in this particular case, but to say that he has one, that he's cooperating with police and with the investigation. It does not say whether he will face any charges. I would say that probably sounds unlikely based on how I read the facts, but we don't necessarily have all the facts, but that's how a that's what we, you know, read here. Um, but the the sad and ironic part here is that um, man hears commotion outside of car about to be stolen. So he goes out to investigate and perhaps try to prevent this from taking place, but ends up in a shootout, which is very bad. Okay, uh, because no one wants to be in a shootout, and he could have been very, you know, he could have been injured or killed himself uh, just by the nature of getting into a shootout. And then his car still gets stolen anyway and gets crashed. So it's kind of like it's a lose, 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 you know, uh, in terms of like at the end of the day, this this guy had a bad day. Um, and that's unfortunate and somewhat, you know, terribly ironic. We want to be super careful um, about in, involving ourselves in the prevention of theft. Uh, like I, I understand and relate to and identify with this desire to not allow crime to take place and trying to, you know, keep our community safe. And that if criminals get away with stuff there, it's just going to encourage them to get away with more stuff, uh, you know, from a crime perspective. And so I understand, you know, and, and we should have, you know, community watch programs and things like that in place. And so like, I get like, this is, this is a, this is, as far as like investigating that there's something going on, I need to check it out. And, uh, you know, like I, I, I don't want to necessarily ignore that. Um, but we do want to give thought about how we go about doing that and that we want to be careful. We want to be smart. We want to be prudent. We want to use good tactics. Um, but what ultimately is a theft of property here, which sucks, but Hey, you know, at least you don't get hurt in the course of that physically, but then turns into a gunfight where now your life could be, you know, taken from you in an instant, it, you know, that's just, that's where it's like, you know, my, my life is not worth a car. That's, I absolutely 100% feel that way. Um, but these sorts of things are, di- are difficult because at the same time, uh, you know, and, and at the very least you may just, Hey, I hear noise. Like, what is that? I'm going to check it out. Uh, it could be raccoons getting in my garbage again, you know, like, so yeah. What's your yeah. thoughts on this one, Matthew? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, th- th- there's a lot of people that, that and, and I, I agree, like we shouldn't be turn a blind eye to all crime. We shouldn't allow people, you know, the vulnerable to be harmed and, and taken advantage of. I'm all for that. I'm just thinking like, okay, so I, I want to take a stand against car burglaries or car thefts. And so I'm going to take a stand and that's my, that's my property. And I'm going to go out with a firearm knowing because I'm bringing a firearm because I know it's it's a potentially dangerous situation. I'm not going out there unarmed because, right? I, I'm carrying a firearm because I know it's potentially dangerous. Guy comes out, starts shooting. We get in a gun battle, and this round that either he fires or the other person fires strikes a kid sitting on their kitchen table, you know, and, and, and kills him. And so now, you know, not only you you you've 
protected your property. You've told those criminals they're not going to get away with this. You killed one, one crashed and ran away. Your car's totaled. You got to make an insurance claim anyways. You're not getting your car. Now you're, you, you know, you have to turn in your, your firearm, whatever investigation, however long it takes. You, you killed an innocent person. Maybe you didn't personally. Maybe they did. Maybe they don't even run the ballistics and you don't even know who did it. But it doesn't really matter because that's not this. Like now you're in this situation. And I guarantee, like, I don't know how many listeners have had to use deadly force against somebody. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not like a lot of people think this is going to be some movie like thing where you know, it's just like you're going to have to the tra- trauma of just going through a shooting or an assault or being a, crim- a victim of violent crime is not is, is you know, it, it doesn't make you feel, you know, it puts you on edge. It, it, it might not make your maybe now your wife or your girlfriend or your kids are scared because, oh, daddy went outside and he got shot at and he got beat up and now they're scared to go outside. So I, I'm just saying, like, I get it. But like you like you were saying, like, it has to be. You got to do it wisely and and weigh all the options. And as if, is this the best way to take a stand against crime to go out there with a gun for people that are breaking in my car? I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you, you balance the scales and you say, this is the one I'm going on. And I'm, you know, just pray that, you know, somebody doesn't, doesn't necessarily lose their life. Um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, the big, takeaway here is is to is to have the right attitude the right attitude and in a sound understanding of the law for your particular jurisdiction sure um you know the attitude that concerns me and i'm not saying that's what this was in this particular story but i'm referencing now remember i I talked earlier about the the next door uh post where gentlemen you know talking about a similar thing hey you know we've had a lot of break-ins in the cars lately in our our particular neighborhood and uh, you know next time it happens well i've got my gun it's like that that is not a that's not the right attitude to have, you know, um, to be you know proudly proclaiming that you know hey we're talking car yeah not even necessarily car thefts, um, they're just talking about break-ins you know just people taking stuff from cars, and um, uh, you know that we're going to combat that but you know with deadly force, um, that's the wrong attitude and frankly is is against the law in pretty much every jurisdiction that I'm aware of, so uh, that that's that's what I'm talking about here. Um, so have the right attitude uh, and a sound understanding of the law and then have sa- a solid plan about how you're going to handle such you know situations. And we, we share these stories, by the way, because it hopefully gives us all opportunities to consider things that maybe we hadn't considered before. Just hearing, an, hey, this is the way this particular incident went down in, you know, such and such, you know, uh, happenstance. Uh, that, could that happen to me? where I am. Yeah, I guess it could, you know, I, I never really thought about it, you know, going down like that before. Well, I, what does that make me consider? Well, maybe I might approach that a little bit differently than what I had previously thought. And so that's why we do these things. That's why we have the Justified Saves episodes to begin with. And then the final thing I'll say about this is we are aware of the errant shot, whether that was from the bad guy or the good guy, we just don't know yet, uh, may not know. But, uh, um, you know, that that is deeply concerning, you know, that that the bullet went somewhere and somebody could have been seriously hurt, injured or killed from that. And I got to look at that from my perspective that I, as the, as the good guy, if I am called upon and have to use my firearm in defense, by golly, I need to have full accountability for every round that I fire. So, Uh 
Okay, a um, couple more here. Let's see. We've got Disabled Vet turns tables on attacker in Houston, Texas, Metro Station. Matthew, you actually uh, wrote some coverage on this one on uh, texas.concealedcarry.com. So tell us about this uh, uh, physically disabled person, former uh, or yeah, military veteran, and uh, he uses a firearm in self-defense. Like, good for him. Yeah, this is a quick one, pretty cut and dry. This guy's waiting at a metro station in Texas, um, 8.45 p.m. He's a disabled vet in a wheelchair. A guy comes up to him, grabs, uh, gra- tra- grabs a bag from him, uh, starts pulling it from him. He's, he's struggling over it, um, and this veteran pulls out a firearm and, uh, and shoots the guy. A uh, guy runs away, um, and uh, they, they transport this dude. He's, he's going to make it. He's going to survive uh, the the suspect. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those cut and dry things where, you know, and, and I think the reason why I wrote this is, you know, most of us probably listening, look at, you know, disabled, a uh, disabled person in a wheelchair, an elderly person, something like that. And we look at that ways to help people like that. If, you know, if you can help somebody, they drop something, pick it up, get something off a shelf, whatever, you know, you're out and about. But criminals don't always think that way. And oftentimes they're looking at these people as, as, as targets because they presume that they're not able to defend themselves. And, you know, somebody might say, well, the guy was just trying to pull a bag from this guy. Um, you know, if it were me, I probably wouldn't have shot him. Well, you know, and I'm not analyzing this this case, you know, legally, but you have to understand people in, in, in a wheelchair or disabled people, they don't have the mobility. They might not have the ability to, you know, fight off an attacker or, or whatnot. And so, um, I, you know, we're talking about, you know, we don't want to, we want to, you know, not to give crime a foothold in our neighborhoods and things. And, and I think helping, helping people like this, um, and just looking out for people, uh, that are, are more vulnerable, um, that, that helps, um, uh, big time. And, and, you know, and if you are, uh, disabled, you, you're in a wheelchair or something, doesn't mean that you're, you know, you have to forfeit your ability to defend yourself. Um, so yeah, kind yep. of a, a good 100%. story there. Yeah. I got nothing to add to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, one t- cool thing here about this, uh, story is there is an actual image. I mean, we don't very often see, photos of the good guys and good gals involved in these kinds of incidents but here is one of this uh this gentleman who is in not, not just a wheelchair but an electric wheelchair like he's got a he's got to push a little knob you know just to drive himself around uh uh truly you know someone that would be considered a disabled individual and i am i'm, I'm glad that we as americans frankly um have the right to defend ourselves and have the right to carry uh, a firearm you know, for our personal defense and protection, because in a lot of places of the world, that's not the case. And, uh, this person would be completely vulnerable in, in many other, you know, places throughout the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's awesome. We had the second amendment, this is America and, uh, kudos to this, this, uh, disabled veteran for being able to defend himself and, uh, taking the initiative, uh, to do so. A Chase Bank in uh, also Houston. This was in Houston, just like the last story, uh, just uh, this like a week or so ago, uh, maybe a little more in a week. Uh, robbery suspect who was shot by witness at a Chase ATM was one for murder, Houston PD says. So this started out as basically the 
the classic situation where someone's approaching a, an ATM to use it to withdraw some money. Um, they don't happen to see, you know, a bad guy uh, that's in the area. Bad guy comes around a corner, it says here, approaches the person using the ATM and asks them or orders them to hand over money. Um, the victim, it says, according to detectives, reportedly began to comply, but the suspect began to pistol whip the victim. So we have compliance, and this is why it's important. Like, even if p- compliance occurs, uh, we have to still be prepared uh, for for going to that next level of of personal defense because um, it doesn't you know just be and that's why I said you know earlier like just because like with the gun takeaway thing, just because they get the gun away and you're you, you're like I'm not going to chase them, it doesn't mean you're not in jeopardy. Right, because they may just choose to shoot you anyway. Um, but here it says that the uh, the the victim begins getting pistol whipped, and a person driving by saw the crime happening, pulled out a gun to defend the victim. The man shot the suspect in the leg and foot. After se- several shots, several shots were fired. It says the suspect was taken to the hospital in stable condition. Uh, neither the victim nor passerby were harmed, um, which is curious. And maybe they just mean that they weren't harmed as far as like getting shot or whatever. Um, cause it did say that they were, that the victim was being pistol whipped. So, but anyway, uh, also interestingly enough here, it says according to ABC 13's safety tractor and the zip code where this incident happened in Houston, 77042, I'll have to look where that is. Cause Actually, it was in Houston not that long ago. <laughs> there have been at least 103 robberies in the area in the last year. Wow. Uh, wherever that is, you may want to reconsider uh, not being there or going there. So, yeah, uh, another interesting incident here where we have a good Samaritan choosing to intervene in a third party's, you know, problem. And uh, now this one might be a little bit more easy to read as I, as I understand, you know, what I'm reading in the news story here, you know, ATM person withdrawing money, person getting pistol whipped by a guy like that, that, that might paint a pretty good picture. Um, but that's a, that's a really brave thing to, uh, choose to stop your vehicle, get out, uh, draw your gun and defend, uh, someone you don't even know. And, um, it says they're being pistol whipped. So it's very apparent that that this the suspect here has a gun, so they could definitely use that against you. So it's a very brave thing to do. Uh, it's curious that it mentions that the suspect was shot in the leg and foot. Uh, I'd be curious if that was by choice or happenstance, um, based on you know whether there was good marksmanship being employed here or less than good uh, marksmanship. Uh, something to think about. You know, what are your skills up to snuff? Uh, can you make any shot that's required of you? And if not, why not? And if not, what do you need to do to make sure that your marksmanship skills are up to snuff? Some good things to consider there. So anyway, there you go. Yeah. Matthew? Yeah. Don't don't go to ATMs at, at night if you don't have to. And don't go in <laughs> 77042 yeah. zip code or <laughs> check the crime. I mean, I don't know. I don't mean to, <laughs> I don't need, mean to like make light of it, but just, you know, if, if you don't have to go at night and get cash, don't, don't, it's, it's not say it's, it's not yeah. good. Yep. If you can avoid it. Uh, absolutely. That, and that you're spot on with that. Like if you can avoid it, like, yeah, because things happen. 
Uh, and, and that is just, that is just a known, um, target. So, you know, we want to reduce our risk. So uh, something to think about. Final story, Matthew. Uh, I'll let you tell us about this one. Las Vegas is where this one took place, where an armed bystander helps mall security with knife-wielding man. Yeah, this is a pretty good one. Uh, so Las Vegas, uh, it's the fashion show mall. So uh, police responding to a call at this mall, a uh, man threatening store employees with a, with a knife. Apparently this is a large... They describe it as a large butcher knife uh this dude starts waving uh the knife at uh at um you know at people at at this mall then security officers at the mall uh get involved they're unarmed security officers at the at the mall uh he's threatening people saying he's going to kill them um it lunges at report says he's he lunged at uh at the security officers well thankfully um, a dude who is there is legally concealed carrying a firearm, uh, points it at the dude, tells him, you know, to, to get on the ground or, or whatnot. Uh, it doesn't really explain how, but it says, uh, he, after drawing the firearm, uh, it gave the, uh, the security officers opportunity to disarm him, place him in, in restraint. So not exactly sure how, how that worked. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they take him into custody. No, nobody's cut, nobody's harmed, nobody's shot. You know, this is one of those times where a firearm isn't, isn't shot, it, it, but it's, it's used, it's brought into the, into the mix to stop a potential crime. And this is one of those crimes that, you know, good guy doesn't, with a gun doesn't, you know, never, never intervenes to stop anybody, you know, that are only used negatively and all this stuff. And, and so this is one of those that doesn't make the radar, doesn't make any counts, but it's, it's, it's one of the, the times a firearm is used in a defensive purpose to save, uh, potentially save lives. So, uh, good, 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 good deal on this one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, it is kind of bandied about as a common phrase that's probably overused, and and uh, it's a oversimplification of of so many things. But the old adage of you know what does it take to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, or I guess it could be stopping in this case a bad guy with a knife. It, there's just a there's just an irony here that exists. You have a you have multiple security officers involved um, in this. Uh, in this, uh, shopping center and, um, you know, and, and, and apparently they're not able to get the job done and it takes a complete bystander, good Samaritan concealed carrier to be like, um, Hey, what's the problem here guys? You know, like, I mean, yeah, I'm making a little bit light of it here too, but it's just, I mean, that that's, it's just so interesting because we have so many people on the other side of the gun issue uh, that, you know, want to take them. I mean, it's like Washington state, my goodness, that just, you know, passed this next level. I mean, it's been, been what, like three years in a row now they've passed some kind of legislate legislation in the state, uh, of pretty, you know, sig- significance, um, restricting gun rights. And, uh, I mean, there's people who want to take guns away from us. There's people that s- insist that, no, nah, nah, we, we don't need, we don't need guns in the hands of, law-abiding citizens like are you insane like uh but yet here's an example of one of those law-abiding citizens putting a stop to a deadly situation in a situation with security guards that 
apparently didn't have, I, I mean, I, get, I presume these were unarmed security officers, or why would they not have drawn a firearm, right? I mean, we are talking about a deadly threat here, a knife. Anyway, I don't know. We don't know all the answers there or all the, the facts and circumstances here. But uh, good on this person for stepping in and, uh, frankly, without firing a shot. Uh, and that's the thing, too, is how, like, we do share a lot of instances where shots are fired, but how many incidences are stopped or, or, or put an end to uh, without shots fired? And that happens actually probably way more often than is even reported. Uh, and so is there a value to armed citizens in the society? Absolutely, 100%. You guys know it. We know it. Preaching to the choir, I'm sure. But it's good to be reminded of these things and to be able to hopefully articulate to, you know, because maybe you're involved in conversations with friends, family, co coworkers, um, or maybe, you know, even involved in your community or testifying before your state legislature about, hey, you know, there, there's, there's value to having uh, a free society that values the Second Amendment, that believes in arms, in armed citizenry, uh, that, uh, you know, because the, the fact is we know that the, the criminals are, are armed regardless or not. So, um, yeah, it's good to know and hopefully be able to articulate these arguments well. So that brings us to a conclusion of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed today's Justified Saves episode. A uh, reminder of our, our sponsors of today's episode, which were, again, Guardian Nation, which you can learn more and get signed up today at guardiannation.com. Just a reminder that that gives you immediate access to hundreds of hours of online video content, uh, legitimate training content. Uh, and I say hundreds of hours because there's a there's a ton of there's there's one on basically one on one interviews with industry professionals on a variety of topics, and that's not including the other great training content on a variety of topics of home defense, vehicle defense. Uh, trauma medicine, which we are, we talked about earlier already. There's 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 law stuff, right? you know, legal courses. There's uh, stuff about uh, uh, proper use of cover, fighting from cover, uh, shooting from unconventional positions, uh, concealment, holsters, all that. Lots of great content available at GuardianNation.com. Get signed up today, and then our other sponsor, CCWSafe.com, and we appreciate their sponsorship as well. And so with that brings us to a conclusion. Matthew, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And and thank you to you, uh, to, to the listeners once again. It, very humbled and, and grateful for you guys. Uh, leave comments and listen and encouragement. And uh, we're just happy that you uh, you find the material or the the, the podcast helpful. And, and uh, we're, we're appreciative of you guys. Absolutely. Yes, 100%. Appreciate uh, listeners and viewers. And uh Guys, if you have anything for us, uh, feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, et cetera, et cetera, you can always reach us at podcast at concealedcarry.com. And we do appreciate it when you do reach out. We have hundreds and hundreds of emails from listeners over the years. Uh, so thank you so much. So with that, a reminder until next time to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.
A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.